Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hi, I'm Pav. And I'm Neil. And welcome to the Top 10 of Anything podcast. Let's start the countdown! 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Now, if you are of a certain age, you'll remember, I'm sure, that feeling when you got your pocket money or your allowance, raced to the nearest record shop, and purchase the latest album from your favourite band or artist, your money would not just be paying for the vinyl, but sometimes for the glorious artwork on the album cover. Some covers are more iconic than others. As with many things, fashions come and go, and with vinyl making a comeback, the amazing album cover could still be a thing. Here's Fact Hunter Neil with 10 album cover facts. Thank you very much, Pav. So what I have for you is um, a group of music industry experts, journalists, in conjunction with Rolling Stone's readers, have created the list of their own best album covers. So do you want to know what they are? Go on then, Neil. Here we go. So at number 10, it's the Velvet Underground. And Velvet Underground and Nico, it's the classic banana. Just the banana. (sighs) And then at number nine, we have Pink Floyd, Wish You Were Here. We went to the uh, the studio lot where they shot that picture, didn't we, Pab, in L.A.? It's we the did. two guys burning, for your okay. information, Pab. And number eight, it's Bruce Springsteen, Born to Run. <laughs> oh, Born to Run. Okay, right. <laughs> yeah. And number seven, The Beatles, Revolver. And then at number six, The Rolling Stones, Sticky Fingers. And then number five was The Clash, London Calling. Number four, The Beatles, Abbey Road. Number three, Nirvana, Nevermind. Number two, Pink Floyd, Dark Side of the Moon. That's the prison path. And number one is The Beatles, Sergeant Peppers. Wow. So that's with everybody putting their input in. So would you argue with many of those? Everybody. Who is everybody? 
Well, it was opened up. It was a poll. So with experts, industry experts, journalists, and readers of the Rolling Stone magazine. That is the boringest top 10 I've ever heard in my life. And <laughs> one of them is in my top 10. I was yeah, going to say, David, you haven't heard my top 10 yet. So <laughs> before you <laughs> oh say Oh, my God. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, that is, ladies and gentlemen, our guest for this evening, Um I get a feeling. Now, not normally do I say you should watch this on YouTube, but I get a feeling that to get an idea of who our guest is, somebody who is obviously a connoisseur of vinyl albums, uh, all the way from California. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome David Diaz. Thank you very much. Hey. I am very honored and appreciative for to be on the podcast. I uh, I have obviously I'm a latecomer. I just started watching as soon as um, I heard of the, of your podcast with Bean and Ali. I, I wanted to come do it. I am um, the uh, founder and admin of Teabaggers on Facebook, which is the the um, fan fan page on Facebook for a uh, cup of tea and a chat with Ali and Bean. Um, yes, I am a connoisseur of albums. Most of my albums I've had for around 35 years, I right. would say. Yeah. So um, I... One of the top tens you have is actually my top seven. So I'll I'll probably dump, you know, put put it down to ten so you can see the other ones. And uh, but I, I by trade I'm a landscaper and I lived in California my entire life and I've been to every continent except for Antarctica. And my weirdest thing about me is that I have four children and I think they're <laughs> gonna eat me alive one day. Other than that. <laughs> <laughs> David, let me ask you, how many vinyl um, do you have in your collection? Um, I'm about two-thirds of the way through putting them my Discord catalog. There's a, there's a very popular um, cataloging app called Discogs, D-I-S, Cogs, and uh, with an S at the end. It, you can just uh, scan your, um, your album, and if it doesn't have... If it doesn't have a, uh, you're not going to be able to see it, are you? Maybe from both. I don't know. Quite, hey, yeah. Oh yeah, real close. Oh no, no, you did. That's right. That's okay. where I'm at right now. Can't oh my lord! See that, but yes, amazing. So That's my like... medium is uh, worth about thirty thousand seven hundred and fifteen, and I have a thousand seven hundred and a thousand seventy six albums in already, and I still have like under this rack, which is. Um, a rack that I got from one of my best friends that he procured from Tower Records in Hollywood. Right. Oh wow. So this is this has history in it already. But this one alone holds 750, and inside of it I have two boxes. I have one, two, three, four crates plus an entire row over there, and then I have a storage room that has a bunch that I haven't cataloged yet. Oh, wow, that's Lord. a collection, isn't it? I'd love to come and I, I sell and and raffle them off for charity too. So, I uh, I started doing a because I have a lot of doubles and triples. I'm very OCD, and there's a album that I like. I'm not because I'm describing myself OCD. I've been diagnosed with OCD and take medication for it. <laughs> and um, um, when I see an album that I like, especially if it's a rare one, I'll buy it and I'll keep buying it and I'll buy it over and over and over again. So I have like four copies of the clash london calling because that's <laughs> that's that's the bands that i like i'm by nature a punk rocker but i've collected a large catalog of music just because you can't have um 
punk rock without rock and roll, jazz, um, rap. Uh, I mean, the mentality of punk rock comes from a universal knowledge that music is the complete equalizer. Everybody loves music. Mm. Everybody has some sort of connection through their life with music. If you right now say EMF, unbelievable, you guys are thinking, I know, and you guys are around my age, I'm guessing, and I know you guys are thinking, oh shit, I remember being in high school listening to, oh he's God. unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it was all, always more relevant for us because they were local, really. Yeah, and yeah. he's a teacher now, he's a teacher now, correct, in the UK, right? I believe so, yeah. Yeah, that, that I that's how I think of music. There's portions in your life that you get them, and these are art pieces. Um, Everything from a, the newest version of Rocket from the Crib to um, Sturgill Simpson's uh, VMP collection in blue. I think this is in blue, blue wax. Sturgill Simpson decided to make his hits into bluegrass. And that's this album. It's one of the most popular albums there is. And there's a volume one, volume two, ska, punk rock, Snoop Dogg, Say Anything soundtrack, Willie Nelson, um, Stone Temple Pilots Unplugged. I collect everything. Oh, I believe that music sings to us. So it's obviously yeah. it's obviously been hard for you to to narrow down to ten. So I am officially asking you guys to change the name from top ten to top fifty five because I think I got good <laughs> fifty five we can work with. Well, we'll we'll get on to our merch uh, dealers and see if they can sort out yeah. all our t shirts and everything. I'm gonna have to change my cap as well and have to be fifty five. Yeah. Uh, before we actually get down to starting our countdowns, we just want to say um, uh, somebody that Dave knows as well, uh, Jen Berg. Want to say uh, get well soon. We hope please. that you're resting well. She's had a little bit of time in hospital, so uh, please look after yourself, Jen. Oh, um, we well can't soon. wait. Can't wait to chat to you soon because you'll be. We uh, have on had the pod. some good news. I am in uh, a lot of the messenger chats, and she's doing well. And hopefully the. Uh, it, it, hopefully her stay will be of good news that she comes out and she's well and healthy. Exactly. So that's, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a, a something that we're definitely uh, rooting for. And we um, have a, um, a, a, a Christmas card exchange. Well, now I am starting to do um, postcards with Ali and Bean, get well, you know, you're a teabagger. <laughs> um, you know, so now we're sent, we're doing it to people before, you know, they need a little pick me up. And yeah. uh, I know it sounds completely cheesy, but I think in the world that we live in today, uh, we need that. We Absolutely. need a lot of care and cheesiness. And completely and, agree. Yeah. 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 So oh, we just wanted well to mention soon. and say, uh, get well soon, Jen. Uh, we also just want to mention uh, hello to DM, Philip Ramos. Chris Waylenga and Kim Peniston, who are our new Patreon uh, toppers, I think we called them, didn't we, Neil? Yeah, well, thank you very much, guys. Uh, Thank thank you you very much to you guys as well. Right, on to the news, on to the main event. Um, Like I say, I feel that both yourself and Neil will look at my top 10 and say, that is boring. But I'm I'm a boring person when it comes to listening to music. I honestly I'm a, what you just said about your collection, Dave. I mean, there's a lot of stuff there that I would not never listen to or haven't recognised. 
I'm going to be very shocked if you don't have at least a Star Wars soundtrack in your collection. I'll be very shocked. <laughs> I'm have trying to keep vinyl? it. Yeah, I mean, I'm sorry. Yeah. Not only is it on vinyl, it's I just I just traded an album for um it is between us a Weird Al, a um a Star Wars OBI strip Jap- Japanese uh soundtrack and um I can't remember what else, but something else that's all being an alley centric. Right. And those are going to go inside of the mystery box for our meetup. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. So that's I'm going nice. to, I, I, it's, it's incredibly popular. And when you play at home, if you have a good system and you put it on and there's no cracks and there's no dings, yeah. and you hear dum, dum, dum. Oh, it's it chills. It's amazing. Yeah. Oh, I Absolutely. love it. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, right then, David, uh, give us your top, give us your number 10. What, what are you going to go for as your number 10 album cover? These are in order. Probably there's a few that shouldn't go here, but okay. you know, these are in order. And what I decided to do was number 10, Velvet Underground and Nico. That, that is, is my Andy number Warhol. nine. David. This is the second pressing. Um, it is a, um, a German second pressing too. They only come in the blue cover. The original comes in all white with the Andy Warhol yellow banana. And but the blue one here, the international version, uh, I liked a lot because it has all of the side notes and notes from the band. Even though they're in German, I think that the blue has a sense of melancholy to it. I'm a mm-hmm. artist also by nature my wife is my kids are all do art and when you look at Andy Warhol's paintings um you get a sense of his mood and the estate when they do the reissues they do the covers and wow some of them are really beautiful the all yellow with white banana the white there's so many different variations if you haven't sought it out I I implore you to it's incredibly beautiful and It's in its simplicity, that album shows a lot. That one banana shows a lot, especially just because it's a Andy Warhol. Yeah, great. He was their creative manager. He managed them. He encouraged Velvet Underground to get with Nico. He is the basis of that music and what came from it. Yes, Lou Reed is a genius, musical genius. I agree 100%. Andy Warhol was an artistic uh, force for them right go on then neil why was it your number nine um well let me just give you a bit of a background i really struggled uh, to pick 10 album covers so what i thought is i go for album covers that i still have either a picture in a frame the album cover in a frame or a poster in a frame and i'm a bit like david said i'm mesmerized by the picture of uh, that one it's not only is it a great album it's also that it's just you can't stop looking at it for for its simplicity. It's it's a great thing to look at, especially if you get a bigger copy of it. You you do you are I mean David's just shown you, but you've seen the original, haven't yeah, you? Yeah, 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 I have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I just think it's a it's a great, great, great. It's a masterstroke for something so simple. And not only is it simple, he didn't just put a cartoonish banana. He painted a. 
the edges, the way, I mean, you look into it and you're thinking that's, that was done on purpose. Yeah. 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 And I just think it's a great, great picture. Great picture. It dawns the wall in my bedroom. Not the first time you've had a banana in your bedroom, is it, Neil? (laughs) (laughs) Ba-boom! There you go. I'll ding that one. I'll ding that one. Um, Okay, right. Now, let me explain as well. We tend to try and not say iconic on this uh, podcast, but pretty much all of my decisions that I've had for my top 10 are iconic ones. And like I say, they're they're not particularly... I don't think they're going to be... it's not going to shake any feathers. I don't think my top 10, I think they're going to be pretty, like I say, vanilla. Um, but saying that they're also ones that a bit like Neil said about the banana that you can't take your eyes off it. You look at iconic images, shapes on a, uh, I think that's what makes a good album cover is something like you say, if you just said to somebody, Oh, the album cover is a picture of a banana. People are going to go, well, what? that's nothing. But then, it's something that draws your eye in. It's something mm. that keeps you looking at it. And I can remember my number 10 is Born in the USA, Bruce Springsteen, because it always looked to me like a weird, why are you not seeing the guy's face? Why has he got his back to you and all you can see is the guy's ass? And the bandana. Then, sorry? The bandana. Yeah. Doesn't he have a bandana in his back pocket? I think it's, a, yeah, it's like that or a cap or something. But then mm. I, I was I, reading into it. I can remember, and they were saying that there was, was there controversy because it was supposed to be, he was supposed to be pissing over the American flag because his right hand, you can't see his hand. It's sort of tucked in front of him. No, I don't know. Was was that true, David? Was that? I, I know very little of Bruce Springsteen. Right. What I remember of it, and I, of that story of that, of that, and I heard through hearsay, wasn't that he was pissing on it, but it was so much as he was giving him the um, a cratch grab, grab. Right. right. Like a, take this. Right, okay. okay. It wasn't a disrespect. It was more of a, I'm tired of you. Right, right. Be better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, okay. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's a striking image. And I wasn't really a massive Springsteen fan when that album came out, but from that album was when I sort of started getting into Bruce Springsteen. But it's, uh, yeah, that was mine. So, Neil, sorry, I never asked you what your number 10 was. Oh, Apologies. mine is uh, Pink Floyd. Uh, wish you were here. I'm a huge Pink Floyd fan. Um, I'm not going to use the I word, but that is a really, really visually stunning picture. So explain it. So if you basically, it, they're in the um, Paramount uh, studio lot down the street, um, and there's two guys, two stuntmen, on fire, shaking hands is, is basically all it is. But it really is a stunning picture. Um, and it, again, a great album. If you've never listened to it, I'd highly recommend it. Um, yeah, I just, I love the imagery on that. Um, it's hard to describe why, but it's 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 it's, it's of a flare, you know, it's the fire. There's, there's danger, but there's calm in amongst the danger. But yeah, 
It's a great, great album cover to me. And also, I mean, those are the days where you had the wonderful gatefold sleeves where you put the album on. I mean, obviously, I didn't buy it when it was first issued. I bought it in sort of the early to mid-80s. And you'd sit and you could open the album, you could read the sleeve notes, like David said. And it was it was an event, wasn't it, when you got these albums, that you would listen to the album, you'd be staring at the lyrics if it were in there or whatever notes, the pictures, and... Uh, yeah, stare at that for a whole album. Did you used to do that, you guys? Or yes. David probably still does, but... <laughs> my first one that I remember, and yes, I still do it, my first one that I remember was um, Led Zeppelin Four. Right. It opens up like a centerfold to a wizard on a mountain. That's it. And it's the full scale. There's nothing on it. it and the, so you look at it and you want to put it up in a in a frame it's beautiful it's gorgeous and only the first edition comes that way the second edition is different and when you close it at the old man and you know he's bent over and it shows a lot what's really amazing is when you take the sleeves out the inner sleeves are gorgeous um it has the four symbols on it with all of the lyrics on both sides and there's a it's a it's a double album so it's you you wow i have three versions of it so <laughs> whenever I, I like, that's one of the ones that wows me. And it's not even in my top 10. Mm. Why? I mean, I can still feel the excitement when you got the album, you got it home, you took the cellophane off and you opened it and you pulled the album out for the first time. Oh, I, I, I don't thing. agree with you there. I rarely take the cellophane off. Different. The, and that's the reason that being that is uh, when it loses value, if you can have it in the original shrink, that's what we call it in the U.S., the shrink. If you can have it in the original shrink, it increases the value to it because it means that the corners are perfect, increases the value. It's crazy how much uh, collectors love the covers, considering that the wax is the important part. Yeah. But you can have a player copy. And that's what we call them, player copies. If you can have a player copy that's in, that you use on a regular basis that has a lot of cracks and maybe a skip, but it doesn't mess up the, the audio... And a lot of times people, even when it is a little messed up, will take a, a toothpick to it. But you yeah. have it and you play it, it still doesn't me- it still doesn't screw with the value if the cover is pristine. Right, right. So I don't know why that I don't know why, why it's like that. I I'm more interested in the wax looking pretty. It could come in a plastic bag and shrink wrap as the if the wax plays perfect, I'm a happy camper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. Uh, right then, David, your number nine. What have you chosen for your number nine? For my number nine, I chose something a little bit more British. <sighs> All right. This the is feeding the, the feeding of the 5,000. Okay. If you guys know who the crass is, obviously, right? I've, oh my I've God, heard of them. Point, I would, yeah, I've heard of them. I wouldn't say I know any yeah. of their stuff. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, the crass is is mainly a British anarchy punk band. And their covers are all artistic pieces of times of revolution, times of of decay, um, having to do things, having to do things for your country, not for the government. And, you know, they're anarchists, but the beauty in the cover, in the systematic... We are here as people and not as an as an overseeing government. 
is so gorgeous. And it's the travesty inside of these beautiful paintings is, I mean, as you look at it, you can see details all the way into the corners of the boy reading a book and the soldiers and the mannequins and the people burning. It is so iconically beautiful mm. that, and this is like a second ish, a second printing. They didn't have the band on the first one. All you saw was the artwork in the first edition. And to see it, it's like, that's art. Yeah. That's gorgeous, beautiful art with a message. And that's, that's the sort of thing that, that would be lost if you're looking at that on a, a tape or a CD cover, isn't it? It's when you see it on an album cover. I, I, I have it on CD, and you're right. It's very hard to look at on CD and say, oh, this is something interesting. When CDs came out, I have, I don't know, maybe 2,000 CDs somewhere in a, in a bucket. Yeah. And now I... Most of the time when I listen to music, I don't listen to them on vinyl. I listen to it on my phone. Yeah. You know, on on uh, YouTube music, which is incredibly easy to anybody to access. Um, and when I come home and I listen to Wax, to me, it's a different experience. Mm. And uh, you love the sound that comes from these. They come in 180 grams. That's, a, that's an incredibly heavy album the original ones that came out were barely 50 right and the biggest that i think ever i've seen was 700 grams which is wow thick. and they only make like two or three of them yeah wow. goodness me wow. uh right so neil you said uh velvet underground for your yep. number nine uh my number nine i did a little bit of research because i was trying to find something a bit more interesting or edgy to go uh in my top 10 and uh mine from a group again neil which are uh local uh xtc ah, yeah, from, uh, from just Swindon. down the road uh and it was an album from 1978 called go to okay and the the reason i chose this is because the album cover is basically a black album cover with nothing but writing on it um i'll read a little bit of it um, the basically it's black with white writing, uh, uh, typewriter writing, and it basically says this is a record cover. This writing is the design upon the record cover. The design is to help sell the record. We hope we draw your attention to it and encourage you to buy the record. And that's what it basically does. It tells you what the record cover is for. Um, uh, it's it's just hilarious, and when you know like Andrew Andy Partridge, isn't it? Who was the lead singer yeah, of right. XTC, and his his sort of humour, very West Country, um, uh, England kind of humour. Um, I thought it was. I've never seen this album cover before, and I thought it was what a, a little bit of genius. It's almost when you read it, it reminds me a little bit of like the opening scene of Train Spotting with the Choose right. Life, yeah. that kind of thing. Um, so obviously, people watching it on YouTube we'll see the cover i'll put the cover up uh anybody that's listening to this i would suggest get google and when we tell you the album cover just pop it up on google and, and have a look so that you can see obviously dave david's been very kind and showing us the album covers so that saves me a heap load of editing uh post-production so david thank you for that oh it's reversed 
on mine, you can you see can you read the titles and everything? Yeah, yeah, online? yeah, yeah. We can see okay, them all. Good. Yeah, it's all good. Uh, so yeah, so that's my number nine. Go to by XTC. Uh, so David, your number eight, please. What's your eight? Operation, Operation Ivy. Ivy. Okay. Now, if you've never heard of Operation Ivy, this is how the story goes. When the Clash was interviewed. And they said, where do you get your inspiration from? Joe Strummer said, I just wanted to play music like Bob Marley. When Tim Armstrong and Jesse, God, I can't remember his name, Tim and Jesse from um, Operation Ivy, later on in years were asked, where does your inspiration come from? They said, all we wanted to do was sound like a clash. Oh, right. This is the beginning of, if you ever heard the punk rock band Rancid? Yeah. yeah. Or Lars Fredrickson and the Bastards or um, Youth Brigade. This is where they came from. This is Tim Armstrong from Rancid and Jesse from, oh my God, like 10 billion different, different uh, 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 um, projects. So he, he, this is his art. This is Jesse's artwork. And if you look carefully, this is an album cover that when we got, we saw the history of Bay Area punk ska music. Like you see the trees where they hung out, the people that they did, and the imagery. The imagery is about drugs and news and uh, being chained and the mystery man himself. It, uh, when I was a kid, this album was like, wow. I mean, oh my God, this is a 2010 pressing of it. And the original actually came in a seven inch. And small, a little tiny one, original came in a seven inch and you see the guy and everything. But when I was a kid, that was my, blew up my imagination. Like, wait a minute, wait a minute. I, and I'm saying kid, I mean like 17, uh, 17, 18. I, it blew my imagination. I was just like, okay, this is catchy music. This is very catchy, very fast, very quick, yelling, punk rock. It's rebellious. It's, oh my God, it's it's me. It's what I want. And then you see the album and a seven inch, which I found in, I think it was Lookout Records. No, not Lookout, I'm sorry. It was Tang Records in Sunset Boulevard. And I found it there and I picked it up. It cost me $5. Later on in years, when I needed money really bad, I sold that seven inch for 75 bucks wow it it just it's one of those iconic albums that when you get it one album this is a bunch of seven inches came out they never came out with a 12 inch album of, of one and the, all, the only thing you have is these compilations of all of their music so when they came out you just love i mean i implore you it's if you hear sound system take warning Take, well, I mean, I'm not going to say it because I'm stupid just even thinking about it, but, <laughs> but it was like, take warning. They, uh, and there's, if you ever get a chance to, there's also a compilation of different artists doing a tribute to them where they take a ska punk song and make it into a hip hop song and it works perfectly. So, and definitely encourage you guys to, to, uh, to seek it out. But Operation Ivy is, rooted in the punk rock world 
as one of the best and most sought after reunions. And people wanted to come just recently this year, Jesse and uh, Lars uh, decided to do a little reunion. They played one song and the back band was the Interrupters. And if you've oh, never right. heard the Interrupters, they're yeah, amazing. Yeah, no, I've heard, I've heard of them. Yeah, yeah, they're good. Yeah, so... That's my, I don't know which one, eight. That's your number eight. <laughs> awesome. That's not on to, my list. To, uh, yeah, yeah. That's the one thing we've always said is the beauty of doing these podcasts. We get introduced to these, these, this brave new world of movies and music. So well, we'll have plenty of stuff. Feel free to stop me. I am a big chatterbox. No, I that's will. what you're here fascinated. for. It's fascinating. Dave. That's what you're here I for. We want to, we want to know about off. these things. No, we want to know about these and things. Say, hey, this is supposed to be half an hour, not three hours. <laughs> Right. No, no, not at all. Uh, right then, Neil, uh, your number eight, please. So we spoke about simplistic, but yet very visually stunning. It's the Sex Pistols, Never Mind the Bollocks. I love that little bit of artwork. It's it's almost, it has got a, to, uh, you know, to everything because, well, back in the day, bollocks wasn't a word that you'd really hear when it was released in the late 70s there. Um you know, it was always uh, stickered over on the posters on the wall or everything like that. Uh, but it was great to see it finally unveiled. So much so that my Virgin credit card is actually a mock of the album cover artwork and says, never mind the bollocks on the credit card, because obviously it was a Virgin label. Um, yeah, I just, it's not so much I can say about it, but it visually striking. Love the name of the album. Uh, I love the album. Um, even though people say there's better stuff, I don't think I think that was them at their greatest myself. But yeah, never mind. The Bullocks was the first punk rock album I've ever bought on tape. Was it? And it's a great album, isn't it? Dave? Well, it's a I great album. I hate the bastard, but <laughs> <laughs> he just he pisses people off on purpose for no reason other than to piss people off. So you know Johnny Rotten or Johnny Lydon. I mean, he. Ha- I'm not lying to you. He has more musical talent than most uh, performers with a shitty voice. But mm. his musical talent isn't about his voice. His musical talent is about his message, the w- his rhythm, his his iconic stance in life. Great. But he really, I mean, the guy wears a not- Nazi swastika just to piss people off. Not that yeah. he is one, you know. Mm. And the last time he performed, he performed in a Trump. <laughs> they, I mean, he does it on purpose. Yeah, he's a devil's up. advocate, isn't he? he yeah, really is. he is. And that's where that original, I mean, they only came out with one album. Um, the Swindle album, the great rock and roll Swindle was really that, a great rock and roll Swindle. It was just a greatest hits of the first album. And then they mixed in some classical music that was uh, that was on, um, um, that was uh, um, uh, out, of, out of license so they can print, they can put it up. Right, and right. that basically they—they—that's exactly what that was. And they told you what it was, mm. and they literally their albums is them telling you, "Hey, this is a swindle. never mind all the bullshit. <laughs> yeah. Never mind all the bullocks." Which basically what, what it means. Yeah. This is just some very simple punk rock, and you know, God save the Queen, and um, Pretty you know, bacon, isn't there? Anarchy in the UK are classics. Mm. And if you haven't heard that album in its entirety, regardless if it's streamed or not, you're missing out. It's yeah, beautiful. It's, it's not and so the simplicity, but the outright, never mind the bullocks, yellow on pink is 
so visually outstanding. Mm. I applaud you on your pick. It's beautiful. Yeah, I will admit I've never listened to that album all the way through. So maybe that's <laughs> one thing I should do. Mm, it's pretty vacant. Album. Pretty vacant is one of my favorite songs of all time. Right. Oh, wow. It's all, it's, it's on the B side of that album. If you listen to that album and just the way he fluctuates his voice, so that he can be in tune with, uh, with uh, Jones and I mean it's great. I mean, uh, Sid Vicious didn't know how to play worth a shit, no. but it, <laughs> but. If you listen to him, you get such a beautiful sense of, okay, this guy does have talent, mm. um, but he's hiding it behind a lot of angst and anger. And yeah. it's really wonderful. Yeah. You should definitely give it a try. It is. Are okay. you a fan of Pill, David? I am. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like Pill as well. Yeah. Good. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Okay. Pill. My number eight um, came out in 1984 and... I was I was a young teenager, so um, don't have a go at me. Uh, but it was like a virgin by Madonna, <laughs> and the reason I chose it is boobies, basically. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, boobies <laughs> I mean, wine, the, the, there was a hefty cleavage on the front cover of an album. I have a very big Madonna collection. Do you love it? Yeah, love it. it's yeah. pop, but it's awesome. It's early Madonna sort of you know go her first sort of seven or eight years I don't think that there was anyone better no, um, no but for the whole package as in like the music was amazing the videos were fantastic the True Blue I mean it was between that one and True Blue I, True I Blue have album. True Blue on wax it's worth like $50 now I think I bought it for seven ninety nine. really <laughs> really but she was just such and it's a her- it's blue background with just her face and she's so beautiful. Yeah. Like, you're like, wow, it's striking. It yeah. is absolutely striking. But the, the, the Like a Virgin one, like I said, it was... Uh, the, Sprawled the, on the bed, wasn't she? She um, was, no, with like, like, a, uh, like a bodice kind of corset thing on with... Yeah, very the, sort of lacy. Very she, lacy. That was, and it, at the time, everybody wanted to dress like her. Had the, the, had the, the lace gloves and the That's jeans right. and... The hair, oh my god, it was everywhere. It was. Oh. She was. A, she awesome. was an absolute trendsetter. She was. She was, and now um, she's an icon, isn't she? She is. She, really is. she is an icon without a doubt. Uh, okay, then, David, your number seven, please. Drunken lullabies by oh. Floggy Molly. Flog okay, you Molly. can't tell me that you don't know this band. No, no. don't know this band. Oh my no. god, <laughs> I am going to send you guys a set list. Okay, all right. Okay, Flogging Molly, Drunken ba- uh, Lullabies. Okay, uh, has one of the greatest songs on it in history. I've often told not only my wife but my everyone in my family, my best friends, uh, throughout history. If when the day that I die, um, this song, Rebels of the Sacred Heart, must be played at my funeral. I don't care. It must be played. It's a very religious song. Uh, it's his only religious song. He's very Catholic, but it's his only religious song. Um, but this album is more about um, growing old, being a surly old drunk and not giving a shit. And the imagery of the album, old man walking through the streets in a depressive Ireland, just wanting to be something in life. And that's what this album is about, to being the best that you can, even if you're old, salty bastard. I love this album. <laughs> I definitely recommend it. Get really stoned. Have a big beer, like Guinness, just a thick, you know, room temperature Guinness. 
and listen to this entire album. I guarantee you, you will want to fight and fuck all night. It's amazing. <laughs> give it, give it a shot. Flogging Molly, right? Yeah. Flogging Molly. The well, there you go. That's definitely another one for the list. And if it's an album that makes you want to fuck and fight all night, I mean, as long as you get them in the right order, then that's yes. fine. Oh, no, I mean, regardless. I mean, you have to go fight and then come home. I mean, come yeah. on, that's a, that's the way to don't do, do it. it at home. Then that, that's yeah. bad. Yeah. <laughs> uh, go on, then, Neil. You're number seven. So it's um, Peter Gabriel. And I will say it's Peter Gabriel, and we'll call it three. It's with the half-melted face, because these first few albums he didn't number. He was just... Um, right, that's why they were all Peter, Peter Gabriel, yeah. weren't they? <laughs> so this one visually, to me, struck me. This it one? The, uh, that's so, isn't it? No, it's the one with the half-melted face, um, David. Ah! The early yeah. Peter Gabriel. Um it was the first one I bought because of the visual on the album cover. It intrigued me. It drew me in. I thought, what's this all about? Who is this chap? And I bought the album. Uh, it's a great album. If you've never listened to Peter Gabriel's uh, solo stuff, I'd get on it because you won't be disappointed. Um, yeah, it's hard to describe how it is. So it's like somebody took a Polaroid of Peter Gabriel there and smudged half his face down. Oh, I know which one you mean. Yes. Yeah. Well, it yeah. looks like it's rain, doesn't it? It almost yeah, looks it's like it's almost the, the picture's wet. taken through a window right. where the rain is coming and yeah. distorting Very his face. Nice. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I've nice. always believed that everybody should have Peter Gabriel in their collection. Uh, the uh, man totally is a agree. master, a Absolutely. master at what he does. Yeah. I love his voice. It's Everyone's like, oh, but it's pop. Who cares? No. His voice is amazing. Not only that, you can definitely play the music. That's dancing music. That's yeah. the kind of music you want to grab your lady and be like, come close, baby, we're going to dance. <laughs> and his earlier uh, yeah. stuff, he had great messages. I mean, you think about the song Beaker. Um, it's, um, I think it's just a fantastic song with such a strong message that's still relevant Agreed. today as well, isn't it? Agreed. Games Without Frontiers, I still think, is relevant today as it was when it was written back there. Absolutely. Uh, so, I, you know, people might accuse him, and probably because of the album you just showed us, So, which was his probably most commercial album with Sledgehammer and everything. You go earlier, and they're not that commercial. I mean, you have the commercial tracks like Salisbury Hill and things like that, but you it's, get... It's yeah. weird, right? Yeah. It's weird, fun, it's exciting, it's, it's nice. It's When you listen to his music, it's not pop. It's... Storytelling. It's, Yes. Yeah. Perfectly said, Neil. Perfectly yeah. said. Yeah. It's a good storyteller. You know, he's he's got he's got an issue. He he feeds it through what he's trying to say, and it's up to you to take what you want from it. But he also doesn't say it in a normal way. He says it in a uh, in a Peter Gabriel way, doesn't he? Yeah, he has his own unique style of yeah. telling these or sort of spreading the message. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've I've been fortunate to see him live five times, I think. And he never, ever has he disappointed. And, you know, we think of the great songs like Sledgehammer and Don't Give Up and songs like that. In Your Eyes is a classic one. As an artist, he's so giving. I mean, obviously he started the Real World Studios and he's all for world music and everything. Womad is right on our doorstep at an international world music festival. And if you ever get the chance, David, I'd highly recommend coming to that. Um, He makes every show different 
bit like when you let you can listen to his songs again and you can hear them differently if you really oh. delve into it. And the shows are very much like that as well. I've never uh, seen him live, so I would I'm I'm interested. There's, some, there's some great great videos on YouTube of him live. Yeah, some, and and he he puts on a show, doesn't he? It's, oh, he really puts on a show. Pieces of art that he puts on stage. Yeah. It's not just That's him lovely. singing, and and a lot of times he does it in the round as well. So he has the whole crowd around him, him yeah. which is fantastic. Yeah, absolutely fantastic. Uh, okay, my number seven was an album that when I was little, when I was about seven or eight, I think I was, scared the shit out of me. Um, it's News of the World by Queen. <laughs> now this was another one of those gatefold sleeves, but it had a it had a um, a robot on it. And then the members of the band were all like in this robot's fingers with blood everywhere and their lifeless bodies just, it was fucking horrifying. (laughs) (laughs) And like always, I was, when I was looking and thinking of that was what I thought, I've got to have that in my top 10 because as a seven or eight year old, I can remember not only was I scared of Freddie Mercury because at that time it was all, you know, the the skin tight. Teeth and hair. (laughs) Yeah, but like the skin tight, um, what leotards, sort of leotards that he wore and the teeth and the hair I thought he's a very scary looking guy but then when you saw that album cover I was <laughs> it was just like it was every sort of nightmare in my head um, but then looking back on it now it's an amazing piece of artwork it's you know and the mm. fact that the gatefold sleeve opens up and reveals I think the actual cover you can see I think it's Brian May and Freddie Mercury drawn obviously but dead when you open up the gatefold sleeve it shows the bottom part of the picture which is um roger taylor and john deacon like falling to their deaths it's just <laughs> horrific but it's an album cover so i wanted to put that one on there and it was no. drawn and uh, uh, by frank kelly frias apparently i had a look Oh, God, that, no. I got that off my chest there. I feel so much better. That was like therapy. Was that, like that therapy, was yeah. the best was. therapy ever. I finally yeah. got rid of that after 45 years or whatever it's been. Until you have to put the album cover up to show yes. everybody. Yourself. I know, and then you're going to freak out all over again. <laughs> That's just... I, I, it's funny, I had the complete opposite reaction than you did. With Freddie Mercury, my dad was a huge fan. And so the first time I ever had an experience with Freddie Mercury was... Um, I'm going slightly mad, the video, and seeing him oh, when right. he was really skinny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And thinking to myself, like, wow, what, you know, he's gorgeous. Like, I thought the man was gorgeous. And I was just, in my head, I would think his voice. Mm-hmm. And then that's when, that's when it started. I collected the entire catalog. I have every single one of his albums. The only thing that I'm missing is the Highlander soundtrack. He did the Highlander soundtrack and the, and the and the Flash Gordon soundtrack, yeah, and I right. just purchased the Flash Gordon soundtrack, and um, it's to me he was. I mean, he was. I think what he thought of himself, which was um, musically godly, geniusly. Yes. I mean, Kanye has nothing on Freddie Mercury, <laughs> and um, I think that that album specifically was a. Um, such a different album. <laughs> it was the music in it was was different than the, a lot of his other stuff. Um, and it wasn't, I think it wasn't a big commercial success initially, but now everybody wants it. 
Yeah. I see that album around. It just got reissued too in a beautiful glossy finish with the original gatefold. It's really beautiful. Oh, right. Okay. Very nice. Okay. Mm. Uh, Again, shut me up. Feel no, free no, 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 you carry on. You carry on. <laughs> no, it's honestly, fascinating, honestly, David. Honestly, honestly carry on. it really is. Um, and, and we'll carry on. You're number six, David. All right. My number six. We're going to go to Mexico for this one. Oh, wow. This is Capeta Cuba. All right. This is their, um, I would, I think it's their seventh album. Oh, my God. Uh, I started listening to them when I, in 1994, when I was... 18 years old their first album is self-titled uh this is their i think one of their standout albums that they play the united states all the time and they always sell out i've seen them a total of seven times and their shows are visually and musically diverse their second album re re is um maybe the most diverse album i ever heard in my life the first the first song is a ballad. The second song is industrial metal. The third song is a, a country music, country song in Spanish, all of it in Spanish. But the music is so incredibly diverse. They include every every portion of the can of, of music. And then when they come to the United States, they speak in English and sing the songs in Spanish. And the way that they translate their music is we have no genre. We're going to expand it. This one has a beautiful um, dance song on it that was thing. And the name of the album is Hey Baby, but J-E-I-B-E-I-B-I, Hey Baby. That's how you actually pronounce those letters in Spanish. So if you were saying it in Spanish, you'd be like, Hey Baby. (laughs) (laughs) Just repeat what they were called again, um, David. Café Tacuba. C-A-F-E as in coffee. And, but in Spanish, cafe, like a coffee place. And then Tacuba, uh, and it's uh, T-A-V or U-B-A. Right. Now, you can interchange the V or the U. They don't give a fuck. They change it all the time. I don't know okay. why. All right? <laughs> um, but the album itself is so gorgeous. So nice. It is a beautiful gatefold oh, with a band. Oh. Yeah. Okay. And the back is a graffiti, a graffitied world, and the front has the entire band dancing in it, with graffiti all over, with the titled "Princess." Now they never show her face, and in the video of the title song, never show her face, which is very weird. But I think it's fucking awesome, and I love this album. Um, if you get a chance to get in it, it's still available. This band is probably the most like notorious band of not believing in reissues. So their first album, if you own it, I don't, I wish I did. The first album is worth about $1,300. Wow. Uh, and you can literally, they, they produce them in Mexico, Ecuador, and Honduras. And each one of those will fly for that amount. Re is the most expensive one. I've seen it for sale for about 3000. And, um, after that, Cuatro Caminos and, um, I can't remember the name of their fourth album because it's something I can't remember. All those albums, they never issued on vinyl. So there's unofficials or bootlegs or what you would call fan club, which you're not supposed to, I mean, have in the United States, but obviously we have really great friends that ship them all for us in bulk. And we have them sometimes, but it's the, 
the amount of music that they produce is staggeringly beautiful. Just every album has something that'll catch you. It can be operatic, it can be country, it can be folk, lorico, it could be any, and there, his voice it changes from yells and screams to um, beautiful cackles like a chicken. Oh my God, this guy is amazing. One of my all-time favorite bands, Café Tacuba. And I will definitely send you that information. So yes. <laughs> yes, please do, please. Oh, God, this playlist is getting longer and longer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, go on then, Neil, you're number six. So we'll take you back to the early 80s. Everybody wanted the T-shirt once the album was released, and everybody seemed to get the T-shirt when the album was released. It's Iron Maiden's Number of the Beast. I believe the, the drawing of Eddie and the Devil, you know, on the puppet string... Um, was done by one Mark Wilkinson, who will probably feature again in my top 10 somewhere. Um, it's, um, do you know the picture I'm on about? You know Eddie, don't yes. you, from the Iron Maiden yep. albums? Um, it's, it's, there you go. So he's holding puppets for the devil underneath. I, I mean, everybody who was everybody in the early 80s ended up with that on the T-shirt, whether you like the album or not. Yeah. I'm not the biggest Iron Maiden fan. I'm going to be 100% honest, but I do like the early stuff. There they are on the back, um, burning in flames. Um, I got the T-shirt in the end um, because everybody did. Uh, but it's... It, I it didn't, really, just to let you know, Neil, I didn't. Did you not? <laughs> no. You were too I busy... I have two of them. I have yeah. one that I wore till I have holes in it, and then I bought a new one. Yeah, there you go. Was, I there mean, you go. David it, bought I, the one that I was supposed to get. Look, he got yeah. two of them. <laughs> I think it was just one of those things that was um, became like a bit like the Ramones have become now that every you see everybody wearing the t-shirt, yet you say to them, "Oh, do you, what album? Or do you like this album? Oh, I don't listen to the Ramones." And it, that was the thing that happened with the Iron Maiden number of the Beast album. I do actually it's a like pop that culture album. thing, doesn't it? It's a yeah, pop it becomes a thing, huge pop a culture thing. I love Iron Maiden. I've seen them live twice. They are great live, aren't they? And uh, Bruce Dickinson is still one of, I mean, the guy can sing opera. He's got a gorgeous voice. The first album of Iron Maiden had a different singer. Yeah, and was, he kind of um, just went up to the band after one of the shows and said, I can do better than him. And he yeah. got a job. Paul Diana. That was the original singer. Paul Diana. Good job. Thank you. I, I could not uh, bring it in my head for if <laughs> you paid me a million dollars. Yeah, but um, the 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 monster on it, the mummy on it, the monster. His name is Eddie, That's it. and he's in every cover, and every cover is a different theme. Power Slave. He's a um, a um, Egyptian, Egyptian and you know it changes. But Number of the Beast was the one where crawls out of hell mm. and comes for you, and it's iconic. And I don't know why I didn't even think of it for my top ten. Oh, that's amazing. It's a great, it's a great cover. It's a great, a great pick. Yeah. I great, great illustration artwork, isn't it? The intricacy. It's amazing. And you look at it. I, I'm an artist by trade, and I've tried to draw him before, and it's incredibly hard there because there's wrinkles and lines and textures mm. in the face and the teeth. And I mean, the artist, which I don't know, I'm very sad that I don't know. Yes, yeah, I think name. it's Mark Wilkinson. His name. Mark Wil is incredibly talented. Mm. He, not only is he incredibly talented, I believe that. Every album cover that he ever did, the original prints um, are owned by Bruce Dickinson. Like he has them mm. and obviously worth a lot of money. 
He but, certainly yeah. did a lot of the Iron Maiden stuff up, Mark Wilkinson. And if you go to his website, you can order, re, you know, obviously reprints and that of them and get them in certain sizes posted up. I mean, I've I've got a small poster uh, that way in my bathroom of Number and the Beast. <laughs> yeah, I, I just think it's a great album cover. You can look at it and just just keep looking at it. I've always thought it would make Eddie and his whole artwork would make for a wonderful cartoon. I mean, it would be far too expensive probably to do it, but I just think it'd be awesome. Awesome character to be in a cartoon. Nice. Uh, Okay. Uh, My number six, talking of striking images, uh, my number six is Island Life, Grace Jones. Um, Just, I'm not sure what kind of, whether it's a yoga pose that she's doing, but it's, I'm I'm looking at it now and uh, you have to be pretty nimble to do a a pose like that. But it's one of those poses, she looks amazing Mm. and it's set um, against this blue wall and I think she's on some kind of, is it a yoga pose? I don't know what it is, but, but. Is she is she naked? Isn't she? She she has like a, a red sort of boob tube on. Yeah, um, it became very controversial in the UK that album. It did right in the day. It, yeah. it was, I believe, that came out right after Conan, the Barbarian, right? Where of she course. was in. Yeah. Yes, and she blew up after that. Yeah, she was yeah. everywhere. She, she was, was in View to a Kill carpet. around that time as well. She's the, well, the Bond yeah, movie, she wasn't was. she? Just a complete gorgeous, beautiful woman, and she has acting chops and she, she has voice. I mean, she was mm. yeah, an amazing, Anna iconic image. <laughs> Anna Temper, yeah, yeah. Famously, uh, a chat show host in this country called Russell Harty spoke a little bit over her and she sla- kept slapping him live yes. on TV for speaking when she was trying to speak. Yeah. Yeah. That's on uh, YouTube as well. I, did, I, I saw funny. that. Yeah. I'm going to have she, to look that up. Yeah. yeah. She, she could go from looking beautiful to looking really scary mm. in the matter yeah. of a millisecond, which is, which is quite a feat really. I, I think one of my favorite looks that she ever had, she adopted the band over her head. Yes. Oh, that's right. Yeah. The red, the red, like a crown. It was my favorite look. She looked so regal. Yeah. And I was just like, wow, that's that's nice. Beautiful. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I've always liked her, especially I'm, I was a big fan of her movies. And so it was just one of those things that I enjoyed. Yeah. 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 She is good. She is very good. Okay. Uh, David, you're number five, please. First, I want to ask a question. Like, I'm a punk guy. And I think that, do you guys have like a genre that you like go to pop rock classical i'm very very eclectic i'll be honest with you yeah yeah i I tend to go for if it's a good song i like it as opposed to going for one particular Mm. type of music just i've always i've always been like that you know that's but then again i've said before i'm a very lazy listener I would tend to listen to the same things over and over again than venture into. That's why I said these podcasts have been really good because it's opened my eyes up to some different kinds of music. I've been trying for nine years, David. I mean, we've got him to <laughs> yes. listen to Radiohead recently, not so long ago, and he's not a fan. Which one? One of the songs, one of the album covers that's in my top five was an album that I only listened to about start for the first time about a month ago, which I will come up to. In a minute. So, oh my god, uh, I I love Radiohead. I uh, I'm a huge Radiohead fan. I've seen them live here in the U.S. and but er, early on, before they became incredibly um, electric, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, but I still love Kid A, Amnesia. They're all great albums. And they just mm-hmm. redid those two albums as a set in a four disc album with remixes. And In Rainbows was the first, um, I think In Rainbows was the first crowdfunded album that they did. They said, here's our album, suggested price, 10 bucks, but feel free to take it for free or donate. And everyone donated 20. They made, that was the best selling album they ever had. Yeah, they It's a beautiful cover too, which is In Rainbows and different colors on that cover. But he's there, I think that, in I think the Benz is their best album. Mm-hmm. And if you listen to the Benz, either you become a fan or you're like, eh, I'm okay. You decide in the Benz, I think. I, I was, think that's I, the album. I think you exactly went to OK how... Computer, didn't you, Pav? I'm sorry? Um, I, I, I had to go at two albums. And I think I Pav could went not... OK Computer, David. Yeah, I could not okay get into OK Computer was gr- is great. Yeah, I, great couldn't, I just couldn't get into them at all. Yeah, you need to get high. And get into okay. <laughs> <laughs> you need me to say I have some, I have some gummies I can send you. Okay. <laughs> there you go. Then we'll video Pav getting high. Yeah. And then I'll then I'll, I'll be Radiohead's greatest fan. <laughs> no, but uh, Triton Benz. It's very rocky, and it's right the middle between. They went from a rock album to a more technical industrial album. And I'm telling you that mix right in the middle is beautiful. Right. Uh, there's a couple of times where he just yells at, at like, um, uh, just like in, in anger in the music and you can hear it in it. And if you just take some mushrooms or something, you'll love it. Okay. You know, Johnny you'll Greenwood, get in there. You'll love it. Johnny Greenwood, Pav, does a lot of film soundtracks. Yeah, there yeah. will be blood. And that's, that's yeah. the Radiohead guy. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Not teaching you. No, sorry. I didn't. Some people don't realize. No, I know. I know. But it, you're saying that, like, then I should. I, I'm, maybe I need to give them another go. Maybe that's what go I the bends. Yeah, I'll yeah, go yeah, the bends. Don't let us bully you or, you know, peer Do pressure this. you into listening to them. It's just, <laughs> it, it, you know, they have a. I mean, if you like Blur or the Gorillas, I think they naturally you would like Radiohead also. Right. Okay. You know. Okay. I will, uh, on your advice, I will give them a go. I will give them yeah, another try go. the bends. I mean, listen okay. to the bends all the way through, have a beer, relax, you know, See have your goes. girl massage your feet a little bit. Put your oh, that's never going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. (laughs) Uh, Right then, David, your number five, please. Jane's addiction to self-titled with Perry Farrell looking sexy and odd and strained and a very serene, beautiful. If you don't know Jane's addiction, his voice is pretty high pitched. It's one of those voices that people either love or hate. The music is melodic about beaches, about mountains. Uh, This album itself has a very L.A. sound to it. Album titles like Core and... um, Jane says is on this. If you guys ever listened to Jane's Addiction, Jane says no. I have. Oh, oh, yeah, oh yeah, my god. Yeah. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh, Carl, just, I don't know what I'm going to do with you. <laughs> no, t- right. I did. T- I told I'm, you, David, at the start. I did tell you. I've actually seen them live, David. Jane's. Addiction. Oh, wonderful. I have too. Yeah, I've were... met Perry Farrell. Um, I went to the LA City Studios. I have a friend, a very close friend of mine, who um, worked at the LA City Studios uh, as a caterer. And they'd all the daily lunches for all the actors and news people. They went in there and and, and formed. And one day she called me. She goes, "Oh, did you know that uh, this video game is coming out?" And I'm like, "I've I've heard about it. Why?" Goes, "Well, the Foo Fighters are playing. Do you want to go?" And I was like, uh, "Yeah, I'm, <laughs> let's go." We ended up going there. They went in through the service entrance, got our tickets. We went in, came in, and we're first in line to see the Foo Fighters. And Pat Smear, one of my favorite people in the world, was there. And I said, I love you and the Germs. If you don't know the Germs, it's an early punk rock band. They have a movie called uh, What We Do Is Secret. Definitely recommend it. Um, it's an L.A. early punk rock band. Chaotic punk rock band. I'm going into a tangent. I'm very sorry. That's okay. As I'm standing there, I turn around and Perry Farrell is standing there. This man himself is standing there. And... I look at him and I just like, I love Jane's Addiction. I love Satellite Party. I love Porno for Pyros, all his bands. I just want you to know that you changed my life with your music. And he did. Absolutely changed my life. He made me realize that the music and the words and the voice, regardless of what pitch and what tone, all have a place in life. And they all have a musical genre and specifically, and he found it. He found his bandmates, he found his voice, and he found the tone in music, and I think it's perfect. Mm. And if you get a chance to listen to this album, like I said, the chaos somehow turns into a melodic, beautiful thing. And you see it not only in the cover, but in the way he looks at life, about love. And if you ever seen him talk, he does talk sometimes about how, you know, you can't steal another person's wife. You can't 
be the person that steals. You know, you can't be that one that takes and takes and takes. Mm. Eventually, you're going to come to a spot where you have to give and give and give. And either you break yourself giving or you just keep taking. And that's what makes a man. And that's a lesson that he taught me, which is crazy in music. Mm. Wow. You know? Yeah, I saw him at a, a festival called Download here in the UK, a heavy metal festival, and they were playing. And I really didn't know them that much i knew that obviously the songs that had been the hits as they were so we watched them and it was after that that i delved into their back catalog and i have to say it's been joyous it's very um, nice and yeah, uh, jane thing. says it's like their biggest hit i would say yeah. and um listening to jane says um talk about i mean he's basically describing a woman's life going through a woman's life and the turmoil and the sadness is everyday life. It's just a mundane, the, the mundane living life of this woman, Jane. And you're just, I don't know, mesmerized by it. The idea mm. of them, like just making a song about a woman's strife is crazy, yeah. crazy to me, especially when it came out in the early nineties. It was so misogynistic, male-centric rock and roll, prosh rock. You know, everything was like, oh, it's hair metal or a hardcore metal. Or all you're going to listen to is Pantera and, you know, crazy stuff, which I enjoy also. But to, for when this came out, Nirvana came out, I mean, you heard Pearl Jam and then it changed your life. Perspective changes because mm. you're like, I'm going to stop teasing my hair up today. I'm gonna yeah. stop putting eyeliner on, painting my nails because I'm, <laughs> I'm okay with life and finding out about me. Yeah, nice. Um, okay, Neil, you're number five. So um, it's Aerosmith and Pump, and it took me a little while because obviously <laughs> to realise what exactly was going on with this album cover. The trucks were fucking. Yeah. I was, I don't know. It was the naivety when it came out because what would it have been, 86 that came out? 87, probably. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, So I would have been 14, 15 when that came out. I didn't twig at very first. Well, explain, explain for the people that aren't watching YouTube. If you've never seen it, it's two trucks, two pickup trucks, I will call them, one on top of the other, basically fucking, just like David said. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Uh, but it is, it's, it's really, really well shot. It's a really, I mean, it's a great photograph. Whoever got it or however they did it, I think it's an absolutely fantastic photograph. And it says what it means. You know, the album's called Pump, for Christ's sake. Um, yeah. And it, it took me a little while to appreciate exactly what was going on. So much so. I've got that. Like I said, all these are up on my wall somewhere or the other. And I think that's a great album cover. Uh, you know, basically great. Aerosmith is written on the side of the truck and pump underneath it. Yeah. You, and when it's on you the You don't line, even know it's an Aerosmith album until you read the truck. Like you right. just look yeah. at it. Yeah, you look at it and you're going, that is oh. Great. <laughs> 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 right. But yeah, it's a great album as well. It's got a lot of their hits, you know, Janie's Got a Gun and all of those, uh, Loving in an Elevator. My favourite Aerosmith album. It's, you know, they pretty much play the whole album if you ever go and see them live. Another great band live, if you ever, ever get a chance to see them have. It's one of those ones, I think, I think most people would be sold 
on their performance. Steven Tyler and Joe Perry, when they're performing together, especially, I mean, the goosebumps and the the awe that I stood there is when they performed Dream On together. Yeah. Just blew me away. I mean, they must have performed that every night over decades and decades, but you would never know. It sounded like it's the first time he'd ever performed it, and it was beautiful. Doesn't he sound vocally like, oh, this guy has literally no auto-tuning, no Mm. production. I mean, his voice live, it's just like it's on tape. Yeah, you can't tell the difference. Yeah, the whole band is so tight as well. It's one band that if if people are a bit wary about going to see a live band, that's one I would always recommend because I think you would have a good time. He, you, he's one of those entertainers that feels like he's talking to you, so you will have that great time in a crowd of sixty to a hundred thousand people. He engages with every single one of you. It's fantastic. But they've been together since the seventies, early seventies. Yeah, I've got an old tour T-shirt. I think their first album came out in sixty-nine. Was wow. it really? Yeah. Jesus. I think so. I've got an old tour t-shirt. There was a reprinted old tour t-shirt of Aerosmith live in Liverpool, 1973. Really? Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. That is Great album crazy. cover though. Great album cover. Uh, right. So my number five um, was the album that Neil had said to me for ages, you have to listen to this album. And it's an album that's been out since 1977. Rumours, Fleetwood Mac. Mm-hmm. Um, and the album cover for me is one of, it's one of those ones, I mean, Stevie Nicks always looks mysterious and beautiful. doesn't matter oh. what she's doing, what kind of pose she's in. I'm in love um, with Stevie Nicks still. Yeah, and so it's, you've got that part of it, and then you've also then got the balls hanging down. <laughs> 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 and it's just, you know, the, the sepia, black and white, kind of look mm. um yeah and I, I listened to the album for the first time uh, probably about three four weeks ago um, you yeah. <laughs> shows you how uh, my fingers on the poles david when it comes to music i'm um, not a uh, fan i'm not a big i'm a Stevie nicks fan yeah but i the music it just to me it was i was never i never like really caught on to it i think it's gorgeous it's perfect fine it was never just my cup of tea yeah yeah she has a beautiful Dude. Oh, what did yeah. you think then, Pav? Did I get I, one right? I really, for you? I, I mean, apart from the fact I didn't realize there was quite so many of the hits on the album. Yeah, it's a it's a fantastic album from start to finish. It just yeah, it, there's not a bad track. It's one of my wife's bad. favorite. It's one of my wife's favorite albums. Mm. Yeah, and every time she plays it, I'm like, eh. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the, isn't that the beauty of music, though? That it can mm. it can touch somebody in one way, and somebody else, it just means nothing to them. Oh, I'm not. I'm not like but her favorite band for some weird reason is Bloodhound Gang. Right. Okay. Right. Oh, if you ever heard them, they have some of the silliest albums ever. But she loves the joke. Right. She loves the joke in it, and that's her. That's her music. Wasn't their big album called Hooray for Boobies? Yep. <laughs> well, there you go. I need to start devouring yeah. their uh, back catalog. Uh, okay, David, you're number four, then, please. Okay, we're getting into deep cuts for me. Oh my right? god! Now you're getting into deep cuts, Jesus. <laughs> this, I mean, okay. You do you know who the actor and artist Henry Rollins is? Yes, yes. I'm poet. Okay. Yeah, Henry Rollins was a famous singer for Black Flag. Black Flag is had multiple singers. I think four total: Keith Morris, uh, Desi Cardena, um. Uh, um, Jose Chavez and Henry Rollins. Oh, and Mike Mike V. Mikey V is the newest 
Black Flash, who sounds exactly like Henry Rollins, which is very weird. But this album came out when I was in high school and means so much to me. This is the actual tattoo that Henry Rollins has in his back. This album has one of my favorite songs in history called Obscene. It is a hardcore punk rock ballad. And it's yelling and screaming in, in, in absurdity. And it's amazing. I love this album so much from start to finish. If you ever heard the song, Tearing Me Apart by Rollins Band, that's in here. That Tearing Me Apart was in the 90s, I think in like three or four different very popular movies right when he was like in the movie chase and stuff like that henry rollins is beautiful i love the man he's a renaissance Mm -hmm. man but this album right here defined him in um as a musical icon and a lot of people don't really understand how important that is he later on decided i mean his musical engineer was considered part of the the band oh right they toured with them they he recorded with them if um um you've watched the the video tear me apart or um my almost any other videos from the early 90s you see a guy sitting down on the floor with headphones on and a small laptop and digital things that's his engineer and he was seriously performing with them in the band it's amazing Mm. Um, and so I definitely give this, it's, if you don't, I mean, if you're not a big punk rock fan, I get it. You understand. He came out with four albums before this and every one of the albums to me was a different level of his, uh, musical talent. And when he got to end of silence, I mean, the the album says it itself. It really is the end of silence. This album is loud, meant to be played loud. It's obnoxious. And it's, uh, if if you want an album just for the fear, just for the pure gorgeousness of that man right there. Look at that. I'm yeah. not even close to being gay, but I would say yes to him. <laughs> <laughs> Is it right that he's back doing his old material again live? I, I read somewhere that he's gone back out on the road and been doing a, a lot of his old material again. If he does, and now this is a lot of hearsay because the man himself says i don't want to be the old man playing in in front of people again Mm. so he's touring he just is doing a tour right now to the united states with a spoken word yeah which i've seen and it's also amazing because he's basically at heart a poet and the music that is around him i think was formed by the rest of the band for his poetry and if you look at it that way if you look at it going in like this is a man that's expelling his poetry and the people around them are telling the truth of the music, you will find a, a altered version of what he is. It's not the guy screaming liar over and over again. Mm. I mean, everybody remembers that song, Liar. That was in his album, Wait, which is also a good album. And But End of Silence is, I think, really his set, like his his top tier album it's great right okay uh neil your number four please so this we've spoken of iconic album covers um this probably is one of the most 
out there. It's it's Pink Floyd again. It's Dark Side of the Moon, the prism. I think it's just a genius, genius bit of artwork. Um, it's beautiful. Um, and so much so that I went to see Roger Waters back in 2018 on the Thus, uh, Us and Them tour um, <clears throat> to take it in. And they basically recreated the album cover with lasers over the audience's head. So everybody that was on the floor, unless you're in the sides, was sat in the prism and you could have a view whichever which way you looked. I love it. I absolutely love it. I, you know, it's, what more can I say? It's just a great, great piece of artwork. And I mean, instantly recognisable. It's up there with other albums. You see it, you know what it is. You don't need to read the title of the album. It's there, it's for everybody to take. There's a classic punk band named Death. They have a documentary that if you um, are in the Kevin Smith world, um, his producer, someone help me. Scott Mosier. Thank you. He sought out the band information and went out and actually did this documentary. So much so so that the band actually uh, resurfaced with with a different singer because he passed away. Their first album has that pyramid in it. They right. they had the the a version of it, their first album. So, and when asked about it, they directly referenced the inspiration that was given to them by Pink Floyd. Pink Floyd has inspired more bands than we will ever know in mm. different genres. And that specific album, I think, switches genres halfway through it. You get a rock melody i mean the music itself is gorgeous yes it's geniusly gorgeous the great the album cover which is not one of my favorite album covers because i um have synesthesia Uh, (laughs) and when i was young that album cover triggered my synesthesia and i saw the rainbow prism i saw that and every time someone talked for almost a week. Right. Oh, wow. And I hated it. I couldn't get away from it. I, so it's like one of those albums that triggers me sometimes. Mm. <laughs> I love the music. Yeah. yeah. Pav's not a fan. I'm, yeah. Huh? That's another one. Pav's Pink Floyd. I just cannot get into them. I just cannot get into them. Are you serious? Yeah. 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 Jesus Christ, you're English, man. <laughs> Yeah. No. I, I mean, I would say give something on like on Dark Side of the Mood, like the great gig in the sky where it's just them. Oh, animals. Bits. You'll love animals. It's very rocky and poppy. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. A great so, gig in the sky. Listen to that song, Pav. It's just a woman vocalizing over their music and it is beautiful. Okay. I, beautiful. Neil, give me, give me, get with my e on Facebook and send me your information. I'm going to send you, I have a bunch of, Still in cover player copies of, of Pink Floyd stuff. Uh, like three or four. I'll send them to you. They're, uh, it, I have, I do, trust me, I need to downsize. I have so much stuff. <laughs> and they're player copies. There were DJ copies, singles, and stuff like that. So they're a little scratched up and everything. But, you know, some a good care, a little TLC, and they'll play break. Oh, David. So I've the whole thing with uh, Dark Side of the Moon, uh, the, the, is it the thing that if you play it and then play Wizard of Oz, it 
matches up perfectly. Is that the reason there's a prism on the front with a rainbow? Is no, nothing at all. I mean, that came. Is that out. just I a mean, fallacy? That's still is a that, conspiracy a... sort of thing, isn't right. it? I mean, you can if you want to, but bearing in mind that Dark Side of the Moon is literally only about thirty minutes long. The Wizard of Oz is an hour and thirty minutes long. So, right. how people do that, I don't know. They must play it over on repeat. I've never just never woke, you know worked it out, but. People have theories for everything, don't they? Look at poor old Judas Priest back. I've in done the it. And... Oh, have you done it? Have you? I've done it. It does not work. No, no, there you go. <laughs> you it's go. like the first, first 10 minutes, word. you you have to really find, oh, what? No, it doesn't work. No, <laughs> you have no. to really find the first 10 minutes. After that, you just get really bored and, bored and realize, well, I'm really stoned. I'm, I'm done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, right, my number four. Talking of uh, album covers that are iconic and also ha- are supposed to have legendary deep meanings in every corner of it, it's Abbey Road by the Beatles. So you've got oh, that's Paul, my is, number three. Is that your number three? Um, you know. Yeah, it, like, is Paul McCartney? Is that the real Paul McCartney holding oh. a cigarette in his right hand, not his left hand? He's got no shoes on. Um, I think he's just a contrary man and he always was exactly I saw some footage on YouTube yesterday I think it was of the Beatles like going the other side of the road after the photograph had been taken and it's really weird when you see such an iconic moment in time that that album cover is to then see footage of like the split second after it when they're just they've they've crossed the road and they don't know where they gotta go. They're just sort of like mulling over on the side the other side of the road. That's weird. Because you see that snapshot of the Beatles at that particular time. And that is ingrained in your brain that that's what they look like and the memes that have come from that and and copied. And copied, copied so many times. times so many it? times. Um there's not really much more you can say. I mean the rest of my top 10 are going to be just iconic ones that don't really need anything said about them. But, uh, but Abbey road, is it right that the guy, it was a very quick take as well. He ran out into the middle of the road with his stepladder, ran up, took the picture, ran back down and ran off. Yeah. Well, cause apparently from what Paul McCartney was saying is that that wasn't going to be the album cover. And then the photographer right. just said, I've got an idea. Can just go across the road and I'll take the picture. Yeah. John Lennon took his socks off last minute. Yeah. And he was smoking last minute switches so they could see it, which was yeah. really weird. He, he last everything. He, apparently everything was last minute. He didn't plan anything. He was a very contrary man. And I don't know if you. My number one, I'll, I'll tag this one. You'll see. Okay. Right. That's fair enough. Um uh, so that was my number four. So, David, your number three, please. My number three. All right. I have two number threes. Okay. <laughs> okay, because I couldn't decide. Okay, that's fine. All right, I'm sorry about this, but my two number threes are completely different genres. Linda Rostad. This is Canciones de Mi, de mi Padre. And Linda Rostad, if anybody knew, she was half Mexican. Her father was Mexican. And she did her only Spanish-speaking album. And this is an original copy um, with the original lyric sheet in it. It's worth about $130. Wow. And it is a representation of every Mexican-American going back and finding their roots. She was a staple of American culture and decided 
this is where my family and roots are. And it's gorgeously beautiful. Yes, it's in Spanish. Yes, it's different because it's traditional Mexican music. To listen to this, you get a sense of her culture, where she, her family is, and her heart belongs. It's wonderful. I picked these as my third because both these albums, the Pixies and that one, both inspired me. That one about my heritage and this one about my musical expansion. And why I, th I thought this was because if you're into the Pixies, if you like the Pixies, I don't know if either one of you have ever heard or yeah, listened to them. I'll be seeing them in the summer. Okay. I've seen them too. They opened for Weezer here in the United States. And I saw them back in the 90s when they were performing. Um, come, you know, this is Come on Pilgrim. This is an original um, A4D copy. Um, I would say the worth of it is close to $75 or so. The hiding, the looking, the almost inside of a frame, the picture look of this is I'm going to hide from the world. I want you to look at me, but I don't want you to see me. Yeah. And the I want to explore the world, look at me, really changed me as a person. Mm -hmm. Completely different albums that if you ever liked Black Frank or, or, or Frank uh, Black or any of the pseudonyms that he goes by and why I picked those two for my third, because it's almost there as when I first heard that band, when I first heard her sing at the same time, it made me change a little bit. It made me realize that my heritage and my future were kind of closely entwined because I will always remember my heritage and I will always remember that I can yell and scream and do whatever I want to when it comes to music, when it comes to my art, when it comes to my expression. And those meant a lot to me. That's my number three. Wow, I'm yeah. really getting deep. Man. This is wow, good you're getting very oh, yeah, deep. Yeah. <laughs> it's lovely to listen to. So that's number three. Uh, Neil, your number three was Abbey Road. That's it. Uh, my number three, now I have to thank Jen Berg again for this one because I didn't even know that this album existed until yesterday. Um, it's Sesame Street Fever, which is... I, never, I love Sesame Street. And it's a it's basically a rip-off of the Saturday Night Fever um, album and cover. And I didn't realise until Jen Berg put on there as one of our honourable mentions. So you basically have Bert, Ernie and the Cookie Monster as the Bee Gees um, <laughs> with... Um, is it Gonzo or is it... Gro no, Grover. Grover doing the... Um, John Travolta pose. The, uh, yeah, the... Um, and I, I looked at it and I thought, why have I never known that this album existed in my life? I need to I need to get this. I need to at least find out where I can, I can listen to this. So uh, I will be doing that after the podcast. But it is... I could probably find it for you. Give me, a couple, <laughs> give me a couple of weeks. Okay. It's just, it's just classic. It's just oh. a fantastic <laughs> album cover because it's, it's an iconic album cover anyway because the Saturday Night Fever cover mm. is iconic. But to have the like Sesame Street people on it instead, it's just fantastic. Well, uh, Sesame so Street did a lot of these. They did a lot of these. Oh, they, did uh, they? Yeah, in the eighties and nineties, 
there was a lot of uh well Sesame Street was really big. They yeah. made they made three movies in the in the late 70s and early 80s. And so wherever they could fit into an iconic big giant movie, they did it. Right. Um they weren't gonna do like Rambo or anything, but you know, <laughs> Saturday Night Live was definitely one in their wheelhouse. I'm pretty sure they also did. I think they also did Abbey Road. Oh, that really? oh my God. Yeah. And gonna, yeah. This is where you have to go down the Google rabbit hole. I'm going to yeah. go down the Google rabbit hole. I think so. I think I remember something like that. Something when Monsters did the Abbey Road. I just don't remember what right. it was. I, I would pay money to see the Sesame Street version of Rambo, though. I definitely. <laughs> I would Who would def- be Rambo? <laughs> eh? Who would be Rambo? Uh, Who would be o- Rambo in Sesame o- Street? Oscar the Great. Have to be. <laughs> Oh wow! When he don't push me, he'd, oh, he'd yeah, have to yeah, be. Probably, yeah. He'd have to be. Uh, that was my number three. So, uh, David, your number two, please. Okay, number two. Here we go. Okay, this was maybe a little controversial. Okay, this was like maybe a little controversial. Okay. <laughs> okay, this might be a little controversial. One that I actually have this album, and two that I have it with a song that is very very censored in the united states okay okay body count okay ice t yeah ice t's first album as a metal artist okay yeah this has the very censored cop killer that was later turned into killing pigs or frying pigs in different versions um it is Right in your face, gangster life in a metal format. Why do I love this and why this is my second one? Because this album told us that you can switch genres, that you can move, you can be eclectic, you can do whatever you want to. You can give a big fuck you to the system. You can you can say what you want. And, you know, granted, there are going to be repercussions because they got a lot of their shows canceled. But that freedom of speech exists in the world. And that... Speaking up about violence toward minorities is a big issue. It's not about cops being bad. It's about the consistent uh, uh, um, murdering and systematic uh, uh, elimination of minorities. I love this album. It's again, loud, it's boisterous, it's crazy. The artwork is what you see as you go through downtown Los Angeles. This is what you see. This is tagged up on the walls. There's pictures of gangsters with chains because this is exactly what L.A., what, you know, the inner city, what every Chicago, um, South Southside Chicago, what uh, New York City. By the way, I've been to all these places. That's why I can say that. This is what it looks like. And. Uh, I think that it needs to be in a lot of homes and blasted through the airwaves so people can really realize what's going on in the world. If it has to be done in a metal format, in a rap format, in a hip hop format, in a whatever genre, this is important because censorship is big and mm. we need to combat it. Yeah. Nicely said, David. Yeah, Nicely very. said. Thank you. Um, go on then, Neil, you're number two. So I'll just... Come right out with Nirvana, never mind. The little child in the swimming pool with the fish oh, line with the dollar. For shame, for shame. 
Cover it up with a sticky. <laughs> I know, isn't it, right? How stupid have we become that we have to look at it like that? And also that stupid court case that has been... I can't believe... He literally it... made a history as an adult as being the baby from the Nirvana yeah. cover. He tried to model afterwards as the baby from... I mean, like, come on. He took a picture as yeah. an adult yeah. underwater. Doing it again, and yeah. what happens? He's suing the band because it was form of pedophilia. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Alport. It is absolutely. I mean, I think it's been completely thrown out now. It's a it? disgrace. Yeah, it was it's a disgrace, thrown, especially yeah. the amount of money that he'd earned off the back of it, going to these sign-ins like everybody. Anyway, anyway, but what an album cover, what a statement, um, you know, greed, whatever you want to do, you know, we're fed this greed, this um. It's just, and it almost has a beauty to it when you see it. The innocence of the child swimming underwater, eyes wide open. It's got and it's pure blue water everywhere. It's just a wonderful, wonderful, almost simple but not picture. I, I just, I think it's a great, great, great album cover. Please hmm. tell me that you've heard this album. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Even I would have been disappointed, David, if he just said no on that one. Yes. No. Yes, I have. Yes. <laughs> I yeah. Think that I, I, like I said, I warned you at the start, David, that this is what I'm like when it comes to music. Mm. Um, uh, but I mean, I think if you look at iconic that album, and see, I say this because it, I think it's an amazing cover. It, is it didn't. Amazing. It didn't make my top ten. But it's an, it's one of those covers again where you will look at that cover probably for hours, mm. just looking at it to think how did they do that? that is a baby underwater that they're not like yeah. there's no special you, you effects. Do you know the story behind that? Do you know the story behind that? No. It, the camera guy just literally asked a woman who had a child there. It wasn't a photo shoot or anything. Oh really? I didn't they, know that. She, they saw he saw them in the pool. You know him swimming in the water because obviously kids take to it naturally, yeah, and he wanted yeah. to take a picture of it. So it's 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 a, I mean it's spontaneous and and beautiful and iconic now. Yeah, yeah. You don't even need the name of of the band. No, there. I mean it's, well, it's not really on there, is it? Very big. No, it's, everyone knows it's you know Nirvana. Never mind. That's it. It's, yeah, that's the band. I, I didn't realize. I mean, that. some people said it's dated the album i don't personally think it has at all i i listen to that and still hear freshness in that but yeah i i still think that their first album bleach is my favorite of theirs is it and i could listen to that album and the pain in his voice over Mm. and over again he was incredibly raw in that bleach album i recommend it if you haven't heard it oh yeah um it was incredibly raw and a little bit more produced when it got to Nevermind and then the albums after that. Um, it was just the one in utero, wasn't it? Um, yeah. Yeah, I like that. In, uter- in utero, I have in utero too. In utero is a beautiful album. Mm. But it's like the image of the body in the front, you just like, you look at it and you look at the little detail. That's great. I can't believe that's not in my top 10 either. That's <laughs> <laughs> what I said. It could be a top 55, couldn't it? I know. Yeah, this needs be. to be a top 55. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, okay. My number two is Band on the Run by the by by the wings it's not the wings by the wings, by wings. <laughs> um just basically it's a a group of well the band and some celebrities caught in a spotlight 
And I was always fascinated by this because A, it's got Christopher Lee in it, who I was shit scared of just as much as Freddie Mercury when I was little. Um, and then it's just a weird mix of you've got a Hollywood star. Um, oh, what's his name? Lee Coburn, is it? Oh, yeah. Lee Coburn's in it. Then you've got John Conte, which is a British boxer. Clement Freud, Michael Parkinson, yeah. <laughs> um, Kenny... Lynch, it's just weird, a weird mixture of people that, that doesn't make any Lynch. sense. Of yeah, Kenny Lynch, I'm just looking at it now, and then Paul McCartney, Danny Lane, and Linda McCartney as well. Very, very strange, but it's, um, it's, I, I mean, I love Wings, I do. They're a great I think album. Wings was his best work. I, I have a couple, I have one, two, and three of the McCartney album, McCartney, right? One, two, and three, and um. Man, some of those songs, I'm just like, did he? Did he run out of ideas? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But then have again, you heard Meatless Monday? Have you yeah, heard oh Meatless yes. Monday? Oh yeah. Okay, he ran out of ideas, so yeah. I was like, okay, well, you know what? But Wing is a collaboration of not only his talent but everyone around him that he thought was that's was, right was great, and it, it was this is him expanding his mind and saying. I'm not a four piece with the Beatles anymore. I want to be a world piece and invite all these people in. It's a very good, it's yeah. a great pick. I, yeah. I'm shocked. I'm like, wow, that's a great, because you don't hear wings anymore. Like that's like, that's like people don't talk about that band like, no. ever. It's not in the news. It's Paul McCartney and the Beatles. They forget about that. What great, some of what that, some of that stuff was just mm. unbelievable. It really was. Paul McCartney at the, like you said, at the top of his game. You know, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't meat free Monday, but you know, it was uh, it was getting there. <laughs> it was getting there. Uh, right before we reveal our number ones, um, David, have you got it so that you could do, give us a rundown from ten to two? Is that easy enough for you to do? Here we go. Yes, I got them in go. order. So ten. give it, yeah, number ten, Velvet Underground, Andy Warhol, nine, The Crass, The Feeding of the Five Thousand. Three, Operation Ivy, Energy. Four, Flogging Molly, Drunken Lullabies. Five, Café Tacuba, Hey Baby. I said it in Spanish. You did. <laughs> Jane's Addiction, self-titled. Rollins Band, End of Silence. At the same time, the Pixies and Linda Rodstad. And Body Count. At number two. Lovely. Neil, mm -hmm. give us your 10 to 2, please. Okay, at number 10, I have Pink Floyd, Wish You Were Here. Number 9, The Velvet Underground, which we just saw. Number 8, Sex Pistols, Never Mind the Bollocks. Number 7, Peter Gabriel, Peter Gabriel 3, we'll call it. Number 6, Iron Maiden, Number of the Beast. Number 5, Aerosmith's Pump. Number 4, Pink Floyd, Dark Side of the Moon. Number 3, Beatles, Abbey Road. Number 2, Nirvana, Never Mind. Thank you, Neil. And mine is number 10, Born in the USA, Bruce Springsteen. Nine, Go To, XTC. Eight, Like a Virgin, Madonna. Seven, News of the World by Queen. Six, Island Life, Grace Jones. Five, Rumours, Fleetwood Mac. Four, Abbey Road, The Beatles. Three, Sesame Street, Fever uh, by Sesame Street. And number two, Band on the Run by Wings. So, David, what is your number one album cover of all time? My favorite album. I listen to it all the time. 
It is considered their least popular by industry standards because it did not sell when it first came out. And it might surprise you that the band is Weezer. Ooh. I am a huge Weezer fan. I've met Rivers twice in signings and I have albums that he signed. But this album cover of Pinkerton is a gorgeous rendition of innocence and beauty. And it's simple and you see a nightscape. It's something that I just thought was gorgeous when I first saw it. Then you listen to the music and the music is a gateway to his vulnerability. It talks about his youth, his his fears, his what he wants in life, and the music around it is beautiful. This is the fourth album oh, wow, booklet. Wow. It's a four-album booklet, okay, with the entire band, okay? This came out in, I believe, 2010, and now worth close to about $200. Wow. Um, it's incredibly heavy each album is 180 grams and i have to say that that album really made me think of like their songs are like el scorcho and she said i mean when you listen to the, the it sounds very fun and like oh okay that's a poppy fun song listen to the words when he speaks he's speaking about his vulnerability he's speaking about his innocence and life and what he wants from it now he has songs like hollywood which was originally a a rap song that he did. I mean, he, I mean, he really, if you want to listen to an opus, he combined five songs together on the red album and it's called I'm the greatest man in the world. That, that song alone is like six minutes long and it changes in tone and you gives you a little bit of the feel of this album. This album has an incredible range. I love it so much. It's my number one for just a simple reason that um, you don't see a lot of, that innocence and vulnerability in the cover, and then you go into the album and also see it in there. Mm, wow. It's a great album. I definitely recommend it. If you've never heard this album, especially Pinkerton, because it was literally their worst selling album. Um, and in the, in the, I think it never, I never broke like the Blue album, their first album did. I mean, it was the first, uh, I mean, I don't know why they decided to go with colors afterwards, maybe because they realized that, oh, well, you know what? that. That blue album was really popular. Let's come up with green, red, black, <laughs> you know, yeah. too. And that's what they did. But Pinkerton is a standout. And I think it's a standout from all the rest of them. Yeah, they have great songs in all their albums. This album, every song is great. Wow. wow. First thing I ever saw on the internet was Buddy Holly by Weezer. <laughs> First thing I ever saw on the internet. Yeah. Isn't that a great video too? Spike it's fantastic. It yeah, it was in my top 10, the top 10 music videos. It was in my top 10 yeah, videos. Yeah, it's a great video. Yeah. This one band I've never really, again, looked into. I'm going to have to, because I, I, the couple that I've heard of their stuff, I've really liked. And you sort of feel, well, if you like a couple of them, yeah. you should sort of like a lot of their stuff. So I will... I will give that a little. If you, is that a good album to start with with Weezer then, David? Or oh yeah. What, what? Look, you can really grab any of the color albums and be right. like, oh, they're going to have Poppy like um, what, the 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 Sun song that was in every movie in the early two thousands. Yeah. Uh, those are all really popular. You're going to find something good. This one has a lot of depth and meaning. Um, they uh, he talks about uh, loving a girl in high school and realizing that she was a lesbian oh, and right. his heart was broken. 
and not because she wasn't into him, but because she he could never be the woman that she was looking for. That that broke my heart. That was like, man, you can't change your body to make someone happy. But that was his thought. That was that broke. That literally broke my heart. I was like, dude, this guy is pouring his emotions, and no one gives a fuck. Yeah, yeah. It's really amazing. Wow. Uh, Go on, then, Neil. You're number one. So this was a debut album. Um, I, I don't know whether David's heard of the Marillion. Um, script for a Jester's Tear. It's um, Mark Wilkinson again, the same guy that did some of the Iron Maiden artwork. It's uh, basically a jester um, stood in a pose, playing a violin in a lonely bed set, we assume in London, with dirty mattress on the floor, um, uh, posters from the, the, the day, you know, the melody maker on the floor. And it's got a real melancholy feel to it um, that the guy obviously is there to make people laugh, but is struggling with his own internal demons. What's the name of the album? Uh, Scripts for a Jester's Tear. Okay, um, I'm going to put it in because I've never heard of them and it sounds amazing. Um, it's very prog rock. I will give you that, the, the uh, music. Um, some say a lot of Genesis vibes in the music, but the album cover I find fascinating to this day. Um, it's uh, I don't know the, the the image of the jester just appeals to me. You know, a that sad one? jester. Um, That's the one. Playing, yeah, playing this video. Okay, I'm saving this for me later because I'm a I'm a I'm a dive deep and see if I can find it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's a great first, album. That's the first album I haven't heard. Yeah, so it's um, it's a great gate. If you get it, it's a great gatefold sleeve, and it opens up, and you'll see the whole scenario of what the front of the cover is telling you. Like I said, all about the bedsit, the dirty mattress, the fact that he's out of his sorts. A jester in this, I would assume, like I said, a London squalid bedsit, um, and it, it just it's, it's quite a harrowing picture as well. But I love the picture of the jester. Um, I'm still waiting on the tattoo artist to come back and show me what they've designed because I am literally having that put on a sleeve on my arm. So that is awesome. Yeah. That is amazing, Neil. Wow. Yeah, I just I love the picture. All their um artwork, the first three albums of their um, I would highly recommend having a look at the artwork if not listening to the music. They're fantastic because it, it's got the story. The next step, the next album's called Fugazi, and it's the jester again, but he's unmasked. He's not in the bed sit. He's made his way up in the world and he's out, whether he's drugged or passed out, you tell me. Um, just great, great artwork. And Mark Wilkinson, like I said, if you've never checked, never seen it, I'm just, I'm sorry to bang my microphone, but there's his book. And uh, you can see, and I might be able to find a quick picture of his artwork, you know, things like Punch and Judy was one of their singles. The Jester's still there. It's a running motif all the way through. But that one image of the Jester on the album, to me, is just a beautiful image. It is here somewhere there. So, and you can see the whole album then. It's got pictures from their singles and everything, the squalid mattress. I find I, you can still look at it. You know, you I read like the Melody Maker that's sprawled across because I used to buy the Melody Maker. I don't know whether you did, Pav, in this country. We no. Are. Yeah, I just think it's one of the one of the greatest pictures I've ever seen. Genuinely. I'm I always like fascinated it. by it when I see it. I like the depth in the room and you could see the sunken mattress and the far oh. away... Um, things on the wall That's gives it. you like a 
it gives you like a a perspective of things are too far away to want to move or do anything. So I'm going to lay here in bed. That's, That's very it. powerful. Yeah, yeah, very much, very much like that. And like I said, it's the same artist that did a lot of the Iron Maiden artwork. And you can really tell once you look into it, you know, the intricacies of all the um, the lines, the facial expressions and what he's holding. But yes, David, check them out. I'm not saying Definitely. you enjoy them. Definitely, thank check you. Them out. Well, there you go. I, f- I feel like I'm I'm far behind you two guys. You're far too deep and meaningful in this episode. Uh, mine number one is Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. But what's not to love about that There's album? No, what's cover? not to love? But it's great not, album. It's not particularly um, original. I know that. Um, it's about as iconic as you can get as a as an album cover. Um, and I, I must admit, when we were as we started this episode, I was looking at my top ten, and I was thinking, "Oh my god, maybe I should just be quiet and ask you questions rather than go through my top ten. Because no, it was fun. I love I love the boobies one. That was yeah. the best comment I've ever heard. Yeah. I love this album because of boobies. Well, I mean, what more do you want? At least you know? he's honest. At exactly. He's no, honest. no, no. I'm applauding it because yeah. a lot of people look at that and think. Wow, someone put boobs on there. That's that's gross. No, no, no. Madonna was on there for a reason. She was showing that pose for a reason. Exactly. Sex no, it's not. Sells. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. And but, I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna take away from any of your choices. I mean, yeah. I think they were all great. But going back to the Sergeant Peppers, I don't know whether you know. I, I found a fact out a few weeks ago about the Beatles, and John Lennon really wanted Hitler to be in the Sergeant Pepper's lineup. Yeah. I've heard that. Yeah. I never thought it was true, but if yeah. it is true, that's screwed up, man. Yes. But yeah, it's, isn't it? It's he very... was such a contrarian. He wanted to be a he just wanted to be in everyone's like the 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 blister in in in, your, in the paw of a tiger. You know, he just yeah. he loved that. Yeah. 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 He loved that kind of stuff. Uh, right. We had some honorable mentions. Uh, Stu Grant said, Appetite for Destruction, uh, News of the World. Um, he's put Smells Like Teen Spirit, but I'm assuming he means um, Never Mind. Uh, Sergeant Pepper uh, and Justice for All. Music Justice for, for All is it, the very iconic um, justice statue, the balancing justice statue, where she's on. It's if you've never seen it, definitely go go look at it just to watch it. It, it was Metallica's version, their very operatic version of "We want to do heavy metal, but we want to make it artistic." That's the album, right? And it's okay. The first time their songs went up beyond five minutes, uh, one which is the opus of the, telling the story of mental illness outside of the military is very very amazing a song. Um, it's a great. I have an honorable mention if I can. Yeah, go. Cool. Yeah, far away. Okay. When we started this, the only album that I don't have that I wanted to list was a very, very important album because it's a compilation. And the last compilation the Beatles put out, it just says Beatles on it. And it doesn't have a name, but everyone calls it the Butcher Paper. Right. Why do they call it the Butcher Paper? Google it, you'll see there's two versions of it. There is the unwrapped and the wrapped. The wrapped Butcher Paper is them i think it's ringo sitting inside of a um a a, a footlocker that was sitting up so it was open the door was open and it was sitting up and he's sitting inside of it like this and the rest of the beatles are around that's the raptor version 
The unwrapped butcher paper version of their last compilation that they ever did was a direct fuck you to the system, to anybody that believed that the Beatles was mandated to, to live forever and always and always come out with, with songs. They've purposely broke up because they hated the demand. And that album was them all sitting at a table with blood all over them and baby dolls butchered in front of them. Yeah. Mm. And it was their way of saying, fuck the system. They actually, when it first came out, they wouldn't distribute it because they thought it was grotesque. And I'm that to me in my head, I'm like going, wow, what what year were you living in? Because they're just baby, like they're the dolls. dolls. They're toys. Yeah, the dolls. They're toys. Yeah. And you can yeah. very easily say, okay, they look at toys. And they're laughing around it. They don't nobody looks at it's a joke. Obviously, yeah. it's a joke. Yeah. You know? And yeah, I'm, I'm looking know, at it. I'm looking at it now because I was uh, I remember seeing it. I didn't realize this is the one that was released in America, wasn't it? Obviously. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, they they are all they've all got big smiles on their faces, um, with like basically bits of doll parts all around them with meat and stuff. <laughs> it, yeah. It's, it is a weird album cover. Yeah, it's, it's a very weird album cover, but it stood out to me and there's one more honorable mention. I have it right here. Yep. Mephistopheles, the satanic chicken. <laughs> this is the first thing. I mean, there's a lot of them. You're just really surprised because there's a lot of them. Satanic ska band. And this is traditional ska. Very little punk rock, very little rock. Traditional ska music. But this album has... Songs like Saba Saba Saba, Rank and File. The name of the album is God Bless Satan. Yeah. <laughs> and it's obviously a joke. Huge joke. I have a shirt that has a the sheep head and an afro made of fire. Because the lead singer is African-American. Right. And um, it is fun and exciting and trumpets. And if you, I mean, you're British. You guys obviously love ska. Every pop artist has a ska album in Britain. And <laughs> um, <laughs> it's true. Uh, Lily Allen, uh, uh, Amy Winehouse, all ska. I don't care yeah, what yeah. anyone says. Yeah. Um, and th- to listen to it, you're thinking, are they joking? And like, oh, they really are joking. It's an incredibly fun album. They don't get enough credit for what they do. They actually have a song called Satan Stole My Weed. That is one of the funnest songs I've ever heard in my life because he said it so earnestly. Satan stole my weed. And he says it so angrily. It's so funny. You have to laugh. Sometimes music is made for that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, have a look That's at it. That's it. I'm nice. done. That's <laughs> nice. Um, Lisa Buchanan said, Rolling Stones, Sticky Fingers. My older sister brought this home. Being a good Catholic girl, I was a little surprised, but so curious. Couldn't wait to unzip it. Uh, at this one, Samantha said The Clash, London Calling, The Beastie Boys, Paul's Boutique, Lady Gaga's Born This Way. Uh, Jen Berg uh, obviously said uh, Sesame Street Fever, obviously. Uh, and at uh, M Grinter 80 said Pantera, Vulgar Display of Power. Vulgar Display of Power is a guy getting punched in the face. I saw oh, that for the first time yes, today when yes, I saw that. Yes, oh my I God, know. that is my yeah. head of a photo. Yeah. It's a great uh, album. That so, album makes you want to go drive fast somewhere. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, David, I'll tell you now, Pantera will not be at Pav Street. 
Oh, are they not, not my be, kind of thing? No, then, no, you couldn't even cope with corn, let alone Pantera. No, so. yeah, really, yeah. the corn first album is very good to me. It's one of the first bands I ever remember hearing scat music. Like he was like, you know, Mel Torme, Elephants. Yeah, yeah. The dude, he does that in a weird grunting voice. Like a, 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 he does a version of that when mm. he yells. It's incredibly weird but it's also kind of hypnotic yeah. when you oh, listen right. to it okay. it's, very, it's very weird but you know if you don't like like the new metal thing like i mean there's if you want something like gore is very fun gore if you ever listen to them all their albums are blood splattered aliens that came from from uh there and they have these giant uh foam uh penises and monsters that come out on stage when you go, expect to get blood splattered on you because they have a right. very they they destroy things. Go on Google, go on Google, go on uh, and look for it. Those albums are amazing. Uh, metal has a very unwritten law of album covers. Yeah, um, isn't Gore? Didn't the lead singer have an appendage that hung hung right down to nearly the floor? Yes, and he recently passed away, like two years ago, and now there's a new singer who's incredibly obese and big guy, and he also has a huge appendage that comes out. <laughs> <laughs> but you yeah. have, like, like, it's an unwritten law that that um, all metal albums have to have, you know, that obviously, you know, yeah. manic, you know, horrible monsters and... Satanic. Satanic things, yeah. stuff like that. And you see, I mean, obviously, if you ever heard a, a, a Cena Slayer album, there's Upside Down Crosses. There's bands like Deicide where the lead singer actually burned an Upside Down Cross onto his forehead. There's, uh, I mean, it's there's so much of it that's kind of like, yeah, we sing metal because of this. Trust me when I say this, most of it comes because all of these kids were in band when they were in high school and they know how to play the violin, so they wanted to play the guitar, and they they played the glockenspiel, so they end up playing the drums. And so they have a very deep-rooted history in um, opera and standards and uh, big bands. So when you hear the metal, yeah, you hear the scratchy voice and stuff like that, but you also hear a very melodic, beautiful tones in the music. Um, it, if you ever listen to the, uh, the Dirt, the Dirty Dirty Crew, uh, Motley Crew. If you ever listen to them, uh, Tommy Lee, um, before he was a drummer, he played the accordion. Um, Vince Neil, before he sang uh, for that, for he was in the choir in, in, in junior high school. Like they all, I mean, all these big guys have a rooted history in something else. So you find yeah. something in it. And when you come, when you see that, cover and so we're here for the covers and you look at it and you go man that's very uh grotesque or <laughs> i don't want that in my you know that yeah. image yeah and you go inside and you hear a 15 minute solo that sounds like flight of the bumblebees you, get, you know i guess yeah yeah 
Well, it's been epic, David. It is it's an been epic absolutely one. epic. Thank you so much. I told you guys to us. shut me up, but you didn't listen. No, no man, no, no, it's all no. good. It's fascinating stuff. Fascinating. No, before we actually say our goodbyes and everything, uh, Neil, do you want to tell everybody how they can get in touch with us? Yes, of course. You can find us on all the social medias at Top Ten Pods. That's T O P T E N Pods. Please do give us a click, a like, and a follow. Email us at Top Ten Pods at Hotmail where you can ask us anything or even suggest some top tens yourself. Please come and help support the podcast at patreon.com forward slash top 10 pods where you can get rewards such as episodes super early. You could even get a chance to be on an episode yourself like David here. Check out all of our links via Linktree. You can find the link in the show notes. And please come and subscribe. Leave us a rating and a review on wherever you get your podcast from. Wonderful. Uh, Dave, please come back and do another one with us. Yes. We would please. absolutely Anytime. love to have you have you back as an as I love horror movies. I love geek culture. I literally have a tra- uh, an unopened Optimus Prime Transformer from the 1980s sitting up there. Wow. <laughs> we will sort something out with you, David. There it's you been go. an absolute pleasure, David. Look at that. Right look there. At that. Look at that. And troll, I'm a geek. I'm a just the biggest nerd you ever saw, so... I could, whatever, any topic, you let me know. We'll sort it out. Loads to choose from. That's it from us now. We are just getting up to two hours. So congratulations, David. You are the longest episode we've ever had. So thank you very much for that. (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) Awesome. Thank you very much, Neil. Thank you very much, David. Thank you very much, Pat. Thank you very Thank much to you both again, of you. David. I really appreciate it. If you need a, if you ever wanted to start your vinyl collection, I have a group in Facebook called Hardcore Vinyl Collectors. Hardcore collectors, not hardcore music. There is a hardcore music. Hardcore vinyl collectors, and we are obsessive about collecting in different colors. We have the same album in ten different colors. We're weirdos. Come and see us. Thank you very much. Well, if you can send us the link, David, I'll put that on the show notes so people can come and join you. No worries. Uh, Thank you very much, everybody. And let's go start the countdown. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.